Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is boobs, breasts, baps. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the fun-bag-tastic T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? I don't even know where to start with that intro. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. Oh, okay. Uh, that's quite common over here. And, you know, I like a bit of alliteration, so boobs, breasts, baps. You pretty much nailed it on that one. Thank you. Yeah. Tell... Can I tell you about my life? Go on, tell me about your life. I want the full picture, T.B. I am still working on JJ, <laughs> the book that just won't write or die. <laughs> How is JJ coming along this week? I am starting over on JJ. I need to figure out what the problem is. I, so far I have about 18K and um, I am starting at page one, going through it and trying to figure out what's throwing me off. Why can't I do JJ? <laughs> I just don't understand. Have you ever had this so issue before with JJ? Not with JJ, no. I've had it with other books. I have gone through this, but um, I can't remember the last one. Oh, Reservations of the Heart. Remember that one? Really yeah. tormented me. And that was two years ago, so maybe it's a, like every two-year massive resistance. Mm. I don't know. Mm. But, um, so I'm still working on that. And has the extension of your deadline loosened any nuts and bolts in your brain to allow you... No, that, that sounds bad. Loosened, <laughs> loosened any tightness that you had around the project to let the words flow better? I mean, it's allowing me time to sit back and dig into it and figure out what's not working. So it's giving me the extra time instead of just pushing myself all the way to the end to be able to be like, all right, let's start at the beginning. Let's see where we where where I went off the cliff. Yeah. I love to drive a project off the cliff. And where did I where did I do that? Was it on the first page? Oh, oh, we haven't used our driving off the cliff. That's the that's the going backwards, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it sounds. <laughs> I think I should get that um, recorded, so every time I'm reading a page of JJ, I can just do it. But um, So yeah, I'm just trying to pinpoint the source of the problem, and so far I have not, but who knows? Still early, still early. I now have an extra month or three weeks now. Still early, I got it, I can do this. And then um, I'm still working on Lizzie for listeners who are keeping track who's ahead, JJ or Lizzie. Believe it or not, JJ has gone back in the lead. I'm a little surprised by that, but JJ is back in the lead. So um, who knows who will we'll make it over the finish line. But the, Lizzie has an advantage. It's going to be a shorter story. <laughs> so Lizzie might win just on uh, cheating. Okay, so on the audiobook front. I recently approved the first 15-minute sample for The Date, which is being narrated by Ella Lynch. Uh, Ella also did um, the setup, which The Date and The Setup were kind of set in the same universe, not the same characters, but um, so that's exciting. So stuff is getting done. But I have had an interesting few days here with my water. You look baffled. I'm just wondering if it's your water supply or the water in you. All of it, because oh, my oh. water supply was shut off. Right. It was fine one minute, and then I went to go uh, make my lunch, and I tried to turn the water on, and it was not working. And I was like, well, that's weird. I didn't, I didn't receive a notice that our water was going to get shut off. 
I did receive a notice from the management company two hours after the fact saying we need to shut off the water. I'm like, yeah, you already did, assholes. <laughs> like, that was... So when it came back on, it came back and it was like, you know when you first run the water after it's been shut off, it's like really brown? But that wasn't going away. I ended up, you know, getting like a water filter system for the fridge, so for my drinking water, which I had one, but I had broken it and I, I was meaning to get it, uh, meaning to get a replacement, but this one, this kind of you know, put the, made me, made me do it. So I got that taken care of. And then I thought the whole water situation was done. We were fine. I went to go take a shower. I turned on the, um, the shower. And also when you turn the water back on after it's been shut off, it has that extra burst. This, this had enough burst where it blew my shower head off completely to the other side of the shower. 30 minute water shut off caused me nothing but headaches and finally um, maintenance was able because I rent this place I'm not responsible for repairs so maintenance came yesterday to replace the shower because I I, I I think I realized the shower this happened on Friday and I think I realized the shower thing on it was either Saturday night or Sunday morning but it was the weekend I didn't it wasn't a true emergency to pull someone out to my a flat for because no one dies from not showering for a day so yesterday, Monday, um, my shower head was replaced, and I had a very nice, long, hot shower. But yeah, 30-minute water shut-off. It caused me nothing but problems. I'm seeing that that could go in a book somewhere, though. That's quite funny. Well, it's actually funny because I had a lot of water problems when I was living in London. And so the date, the book that just came out, there is a scene where they're in the shower and the water shuts off because that happened to me. And I was like, is this, like, karma? Like... <laughs> You've already done it, TB. You've already done the, the funny shower sex water scene. I know. So now I'm like, well, why do I have to live through it again? It's already done. I can't redo it. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's here. That's life here. Do you have water over there? We do. We have lots of it in abundance. So very exciting. Um, over here, uh, my book, uh, The Third Draft, is done and away to the first reader. So exciting stuff. So I'm waiting to hear back on uh, what they think. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Do I need to start again from scratch? I hope not, because it's due at the it's due at the editor. Not that not that long away. Has your first reader ever said that to you? Uh, no. But you live in fear, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's exciting. Um. And I am now. I'm. I have written down a couple of projects that I want to start on next. Uh, but I just can't nail down the project I want to do next because I've got a few that I'm weighing up. So I'm going to see. I'm going to start outlining uh, a book and then see how it feels. Um, and if it doesn't feel quite right, then I'm going to do the other one. But I've got four in the in the running. Four. Okay. So you're not you're not trying to force an idea. You have four ideas you can choose from. Are any of them are they standalone ideas? Yes. Are there different tropes, or are they all the same trope? Different. So, yeah, I, I'm just. Do you want to give us an idea of what they are, or no? So we can, so we can vote. No. <laughs> Early stages. Uh, hopefully, by next time, I will um, have will have it. But I'm just going to take some time to feel them, feel them, see how they fit on me, TB. Just throw spaghetti at the wall. Yeah, I, that's messy. I don't like this whole spaghetti throwing. I'm, I'm, I'm like. I'm more the analogy that they're all four new tops that I've got and I want to try them on and see which colour suits best, what, what fit is best, you know, which one, which one's speaking to me at that time. Is one purple? I really like purple tops. <laughs> okay, I'll bear that in mind. 
Um, so that's exciting. The other thing is I did commission, well, I, I emailed my narrator for my London series. So um, Hot London Nights is currently um, in the ACX churning machine and um, could be out soon. Who knows? And obviously Big London Dreams is coming out in July. So I emailed my narrator and said, hey, um, would you be up for doing uh, London Book 8? Because she has done um, nearly all the books in the series. I've had bad news because I had to wait for her to come back from she she injured her voice basically from doing too many audiobooks so I had to wait for her to come back she had to take three months off doctor's orders so she came back in April recorded Hotland and Nights and has damaged her voice again uh, and the doctor has told her she has to take at least a year off and may have to stop so I'm very sad for her that's bad news when your job is an audiobook narrator um, but obviously she's got to do what the doctor says uh, but you know a bit selfish I've only got two more books left in the London series and I'm gonna to have to find a new race <laughs> you're like motherfucker you could have pulled on for two more books wow so she's is she just a narrator or is she also a singer or like um I don't know no I think she's uh I think she is a book narrator would be a book narrator she may well be an actor I don't know. Quite a lot of um, audio narrators are actors, but I think she's probably you know she's what she's done a fantastic job on um, the London book, and, and I love her voice. So I'm really sad. I'm really sad for her, obviously, and I'm sad for me, but I'm sad for everybody else who you know, because her voice is just smoky and gorgeous. But so I hope that she um, protects it and just uh, has it, because I wouldn't want her to lose her voice. That would be bad. No, she has to take care of herself, but and I wish her well. Like that's a whole year. But wow. there you go. So these are things that you have to deal with as an author. So I'm going to have to um, look into who I want to finish up the London series. I've got two more books in it uh, to be recorded. So that is work-wise this week. The other thing is I went out for lunch with a writer friend. So I've got you know um, some writer friends who I you know you you have different things that you do with different people right you're different friends so i've got one writer mate who we normally meet up and we write together for four hours in the morning and then we go out for lunch at our favorite restaurant in soho and we have like th two or three courses and some wine and it's all very nice and we chat so we haven't been able to do that obviously because we've been locked down so we have been doing zoom chats but they're not the same are they so uh we got together and obviously we couldn't write because there's nowhere open to write so uh but and we had to we had to sit outside on the pavement in soho but we did we managed it uh, it was threatening a little bit of rain but um we did it so hurrah oh, that was nice that was nice good to get back to normal a little bit of a little drops of normality returning so it was it was lovely and one other thing i got a haircut tb i noticed i meant to say something i'm sorry it looks nice i, I noticed your hair well it doesn't have the um pandemic look anymore no <laughs> <laughs> i just got it done this morning so uh yes my my wife had been cutting it uh when i was when we were in the pandemic well we're still in the pandemic but when we we're in lockdown uh and i cut hers and we did okay we did a, we did an okay job but you know he's now connected the top to the bottom you know like hairdressers do so uh, and and the hairdresser had taken advantage of the lockdown and um the salon is all super super luxe now he they've really done it up so yeah it was nice all right all right so yeah i mean i'm not i wasn't trying to knock your wife's attempts but um yeah we have, we've all been sporting the weird home 
home haircuts. We have. <laughs> They're just we have. different. Yes. So it's nice to be able to go out to restaurants and uh, go and get a haircut. And I've already booked my next one. Oh, your next haircut? Yep. It's already done. All right. I have to admit, when you said that you used to meet up to write for four hours, like it nearly stopped my heart because I was like, man, can I imagine like sitting at my computer and trying to work on JJ for four hours? <laughs> uh, yeah, but you see, it, it, it's funny, isn't it? Because when you change up your environment, um, it changes up your mindset. So maybe, you know, obviously it's not brilliant to do that at the moment because we're still, um, you know, we're still living through a pandemic. And so that's, we're, we're not, we normally go to um, the Royal Festival Hall or the National Theatre where they've got loads of tables and chairs that you can just sit in and it's quite quiet and, and um, you know, you don't even have to buy a coffee. So uh, it's, it's, that's great. And because you're there and you don't log on to the Wi-Fi, so you've only got that to do. So that is a top tip for anybody if you really want to get shit done, change your environment up. In these in these pandemic times, I know it's difficult to do that sometimes, but you can probably like in the UK now we can go and hire a, like an Airbnb flat or something. So it's nearly time for a trip to Whitstable for me, isn't it? Well, you're you're going to Scotland though, but that's not a work that's not a work thing. That's a um, what's it called? It's a ho- <laughs> holiday. It's called a holiday. <laughs> Do you understand the term, or is it flown from your brain? <laughs> it's not computing to me. It's still like I know, like I can, I right now could go to a cafe, I could go to a restaurant, but I'm just not doing. I'm choosing not to do that because our numbers are still relatively high. So it's not the safest thing to do for four hours indoors. But I, I do miss like because when I used to get blocked like this, there's a a nice charming library, a library branch I like to go to. That's pretty and everything and I like to sit up on the second floor it's always really quiet but I I just can't do that right now I don't know if the library actually is open not everything is open but um yeah it's just one of those things where I just have to work it out here yeah and I think I think that is also you know probably what's making uh your writing more difficult right because you can't change up your environment um I know I found that when I was doing my second draft of uh of Big London dreams. Yeah, not being able to change up my environment, go anywhere, like not to a cafe, just going out to the garden and briefing um, was enough to put a different spin on it. So yeah, keep going everybody out there, writing your books and not being able to go anywhere else. It is tough. It's tough and it's boring. It is boring. bored. Really boring. <laughs> God, it's boring. <laughs> I mean, every day it's like the same chair, the same desk, This everything is the same. Oh. Anyways, besides whining, should we crack on to comments or... or no, let's other... whine some more. No, let's crack on to comments. <laughs> I can whine all day, people. <laughs> all right, so uh, we have a couple comments on the names. What's in the name episode, which I believe was uh, 110. Wasn't it 110? What's you are, in the name? You're correct. Uh, all right, Sherry commented, uh, Sherry loved the discussion because getting names is so important. And it really is, but it's one of those things where, like, <laughs> it is so important and it seems simple, but it's really not because you have a lot of factors to take into consideration. And that leads me to my next commenter. Nat, first of all, thanks us for the podcast. Uh, Nat has uh, been working on a, the very first manuscript, and is the manuscript is now in the hands of the beta reader. So well done, Nat, for getting that done. Uh, Nat had some comments about how to choose character names, and uh, Nat threw out there that you can also factor in ethnicity and nationality, which, yes, is an excellent way to do that. And then uh, Nat mentioned how you can also imply a unique backstory, and Nat provided a 
example about how one of Nat's uh, main characters is named after Kareen Tucker, a punk grunge musician from the 90s. Do you know that name? I don't know. I don't. I was hoping you would because, you know, the whole music journalism. I'm not sure if this is a American punk grunge musician. I'm assuming probably. I think so. Grunge is way more US centric. You guys don't have your own Pearl Jam? Uh, no. That's a shame. I kind of like Pearl Jam. There's only one Pearl Jam. <laughs> That's true. There's only one Pearl Jam. And if things go accordingly, they will be playing in Hyde Park in 2022. Hold on, Pearl Jam fans. <laughs> the world might be back. But anyway, so um, so naming the character after Corrine Tucker, a punk grunge musician from the 90s, and um, the backstory is that Corey's parents met. Um, they were roadies and met at Tucker's band. And so... Um, it's just one of those things, one of those little details you can add to flesh out a character with a name. And then also, uh, Nat wanted to say that with a May-December romance, you should find names from the years in which they were bones. Bo- bo- <laughs> from the year they boned. <laughs> from the year. <laughs> <laughs> from the year they boned. Wow. <laughs> from the year they were born. Because, like, even, especially if it's a large age gap, the um, names they change. Each generation. So, I wanted to thank Nat for weighing in on a, on on that, and Nat has also thanked us for helping uh, teach her so much about publishing. We have one final comment from Carol from Lesby Reviewed, who also enjoyed the name uh, episode, but Carol is jealous that I got the dolly jab. Seems like I'm getting a lot of jealousy about my dolly jab. Do you want me to sing my vaccine song again? I know you want to. Come on. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, maybe I'm going to make you wait for it. I don't want to be predictable. Come on, you know you want to. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. <laughs> that, maybe that should be our new intro. Oh, let me, let me add another uh, line. I'm begging of you, please don't take my jab. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Maybe, maybe each week you can add another line. We'll okay. By the end of this. Yeah. Right. By the end of this summer, we'll have a whole song. Yeah. <laughs> And Carol is also excited for the next Lizzie book and for Big London Dreams. So I guess I should finish Lizzie and, uh, well, you're, you're getting closer to the finish line with Big, Big London Dreams. It's with your first reader, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting there. Getting there. All right. Now, do you have a comment before I move on to the next section? I do. I had a comment from Arissa, and she says, I always have a blast listening to you and Lady B. I'm assuming she means you, but you know. It sounds like you're having an absolutely smashing time. I just chortle and guffaw every time I hear the two of you. Keep up the groovy vibes. All right. All Excellent. right. No pressure though. Yeah. I'm not usually groovy. That's your that's your jam. I'm the I'm the one who's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and in the same vein, Kate says, um, your podcast is hilarious. She really enjoyed episode one oh nine when you talked about words for lady bits. It was hilarious. I was choking with laughter. Thanks, Kate. One last thing I asked for people to follow us on Twitter and I just have a update on that. So far we have 119 followers. Ooh. Can we can we try to get it to 200 people? Come on. Follow Come us on. on Twitter. Have I followed us no, on Twitter yet? Yeah. I don't think I have. I don't No, I don't think you have. No, okay. I follow us. <laughs> I'll go and follow us on Twitter, don't worry. There's 120. <laughs> yeah, so I appreciate everyone and again, my apologies for not sending up Twitter earlier. It was just yet yeah, one of those things that um it's just one of those things you have to do, and sometimes it falls through the cracks. You would think I have so much time, but I just forgot. All right, TB, let's get on to breasts. Hmm. 
I know you've been dying to say that since we started this recording. <laughs> Let's get on to the boobs. <laughs> All right, so while I've been procrastinating, <laughs> not writing JJ, <laughs> recently I was Googling different words for breasts, <laughs> as one does. <laughs> the, the Google searches for authors has got to be hilarious to the powers that be that are spying on us. But anywho, so I stumbled upon this list that had 300 words for boobs. And I don't know if this list was supposed to be, like, helpful for writers or if it was just complete fun or whatever. I started reading them, and some of them are just really kind of crazy. Others are just extremely awful. So I proposed this topic since everyone enjoyed the Lady Bits conversation, but instead of coming up with decent words, (laughs) I posed that we should choose five of the worst that we thought on the list. I don't know if you went that route, but that's the route I went. I chose five of them where I was just like, I don't know. How did you come at the boobs? Straight on? (laughs) (laughs) Sideways, obviously. Stealth, TB. It's funny, isn't it? Because I was just thinking that there's a lot of chat in writing circles about the words you use for people's anatomy in writing, right? In sex scenes. Um, so as as we as we did uh, recently, we did the lady bits one, and there are some that are terrible and some that are funny. But I don't think I use that many different words for for boobs really in books. Um, I think I just really tend to stick to the tried and trusted breasts, boobs, the occasional tit. I don't think I use that many different ones. You know, I, I could stand to be corrected, but when I was thinking about this, I was just thinking. There's not as much chatter, is there, about the different words you can use for booze because I don't think people use them. Am I am I right? Am I wrong? I have no idea, but I'm wondering, does this mean you don't like boobs? On the contrary, TV. I love a good <laughs> boob. So you don't find yourself Googling about different words for boobs I've, or breasts? Or... I've never done that, no. I can honestly say that. And when you sent this list of words to me, uh, this list of boobs, <laughs> I was like... Wow. I mean, who knew there were this many words? And who knew that... I I mean, really, do people actually use these? I don't know. I think some of them were just there for shits and giggles. But nevertheless, they did make me smile. Uh, and as as did the uh, picture of breasts that come up when you when you go to the... <laughs> when you go to the website, I was like, whoa! <laughs> I like to surprise you every once in a while. I know I'm like the stick-in-the-mud kind of um, personality, but, you know, I was like, you know... Let's talk about boobs. You did. You did. So you did surprise me. So well done. Yeah. So like I say, uh, boobs in writing. Obviously, the same things as lady bits in writing apply. Don't go too outlandish. (laughs) I would say, really, probably sticking to breast, boobs and tits is probably good. The occasional regional one, like a BAP. (laughs) A good old BAP in the UK is, uh, or I guess, I don't know, some people say jugs, maybe. Mm. I don't think I ever would. Jugs, tatas. Like I think I've played with the words, right? Um, as jokes, but yeah. Yeah. So, but but, um, but in sex scenes, have you? I don't think I've ever used anything too outlandish or. Uh, I think you know, as opposed to anything just beginning with B. But one of the ones that on this list, the first one that I picked out was Betty Boops. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you like it because it just had? Betty and Boops, the BB. Well, no. Do you know Betty Boo? Um, she's the character, the the cartoon character. Is well, that, am I thinking of the right person? She was, but she's also in the nineties a a pop star in the nineties in the UK, oh. probably very UK centric. Betty Boo, 
Betty Boo was doing the do quite a lot. Betty Boo, Betty Boo is doing the do. Right? <laughs> TV's looking at me like, what? And my friend at university had a car. Uh, and like, you know, it's quite unusual at university to have a car and the car was called Betty Boo. So she was quite a big uh, deal in the UK pop charts in the 90s. The fact that somebody would call their breasts Betty Boops is uh, made me chuckle. Uh, that was clearly a 90s reference. That went straight over from my head, uh, but I didn't know the Korean or the other reference to the 90s. Apparently I wasn't really paying attention in the 90s to music. <laughs> So go on then, give me the first one that you picked out of this list. And let me t let us tell you, uh, dear listener, um, we will put this show in the show notes this list, but there are 300 terms for boobs. I mean, my God, whoever did this list uh, was thorough. Thorough, and there was some dedication to it, because like yeah. a lot of them I hadn't heard. I take my hat off to the dedication. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's boob love here. <laughs> there <Boob> is. Love. <laughs> All right, so the first one I chose from the list where I was like, ugh. And there are a lot of ugh contenders, but the first one I chose was cream pies. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know what to make of this. I mean, cream coming out of the nipples, like, I understand the biology reference behind breasts, but is that something you want? Like, if you were writing a sex scene, that is probably one of the last fucking images you want in your reader's head. Yes. That there's some weird funk coming out. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> It's a, it's taking me back to weeping love canals. Anyway, let's get off from weeping weeping funk. The other one that I quite liked was um, Areola Alps. <laughs> I almost chose that one. I thought that one was pretty clever, actually. So I did think I actually did think that that was clever. There aren't many clever ones on this list, but I thought that was clever. Oh, hello, uh, TB's cat's just come in. Clearly a breast fan, Lady Grey. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so areola alps. Now, areola is a, a word that I learnt um, only in the last few years, and um, as I always say, I, I always get it mixed up. Uh, it's obviously the uh, darker, darker skin around the nipple rather than um, the delicious Spanish garlic mayonnaise, which is alioli. But I do always get it mixed up with that. So, but areola alps. I mean, kudos to that. That reminds me of like ice magic. Do you know ice magic, which was the stuff you put on ice cream that. You, you, you squeeze it on like a chocolate sauce and then as soon as it hit the ice cream it would freeze uh, oh so okay. it, it's no, like, I, I didn't know that one it, it was like the top of the alps but it's not quite <laughs> the same as your breasts but anyway kudos areola alps yeah that was that was i i thought that one was clever so uh my next one <clears throat> excuse me my next one was hindenburgs <laughs> okay i just have to say the historian in me cringed. I mean, Hindenburg was a disaster. Like, it was uh, a Zeppelin. That was another one that was on the list. Zeppelin and Hindenburgs. Okay, so the Hindenburg was a Zeppelin that crashed in the late 30s. Like, it was a fiery crash. So, A, I have to say no to that one. But also, Hindenburg was the German ruler before Hitler. And it was Hindenburg who made Hitler the German Chancellor. There's no one all, all levels here. Don't reference a freaking uh, Zeppelin going down in flames or the rise of Hitler. Sorry, no. No Hindenburgs. I've got nothing else to add. I would just say no. Uh, my next one uh, was Cha-Chas. Quite like that. I think I've actually used that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that you would maybe use that one in a book if you were, um, you know, trying to be a bit 
funny obviously never use it in a sex scene but you know if your character was trying to be a bit uh, mischievous then uh cha-chas but yeah i might i might um take that into my lexicon going forward generally yeah i think um i think i used it in the girl of happens because one of the main characters has large boobs so she's always making fun of it because people are always staring at her boobs like you know it's like the whole like she doesn't have eyes they just stare at the boobs so she uses a lot of words like that but um Right. No, for a sex scene. Don't no. say, give me some cha-chas, baby. <laughs> no. <laughs> <sighs> All right, my next one I chose was Nippopotamus. <laughs> While I did enjoy the play with Hippopotamus, <laughs> again, I had to just go back to the fact that, you know, hippos, well, are cute, like in the photos. They're actually pretty vicious animals. They kill a lot of people in Africa, and I don't want to associate nipples <laughs> with death. I love, I absolutely love that you're taking this so literally. Well, I have a, I have a tie to hippopotamus, or okay. hippopotami, yeah. because um, we were staying in a safari camp in Botswana, mm. and we were staying in a tent, a mm. tent, mm. not a lot of protection there, <laughs> and we were along a river, and, and hippopotamus, uh, uh, hippopotami live in rivers, and we spent a lot of time there, and so there was one night, there was a couple of hippos right outside our fucking tent, making this sound that kind of sounded like um, Jabba the Hutt a bit all night long. And I just kept thinking, we're in a tent. If they, like, charge our tent, we're dead. And I, I don't think I slept a wink. So, yeah, I think Nippopotamus instantly put me back in that tent. Right. In the fear I felt of a hippo attack. <laughs> um, my next one. Um, clearly, I've gone down a musical route uh, with the ones that I picked out. I didn't realize because with Betty Boops and then uh, with the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> I thought that was quite clever. <laughs> I missed that one. The Pointer Sisters, that's hilarious. So again, I think I'm going to include this into my uh, general lexicon. So, you know, you, you, you're teaching me things here today, TV. Uh, I'm trying to bring out the boob creativity. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but that, that, was, that was pretty cute. Yeah, that, that would cute. be fun in dialogue. It would. With your yes. answer. Yes. Yeah. Top, top bants. You can talk about <laughs> yeah. Char-Chars and Pointer Sisters. Okay, so my next one I chose was shirt potatoes. You see, I missed that one. I must have glossed over it. Is it is it just talking about the outline shirts made over um, the mounds? And then, again, like you said, I t I'm taking things too literally. Um, it hit a little too close to home for someone who was flat-chested most of their life. I didn't get boobs until, like, the last two years. So, so I found this one annoying <laughs> for all you people who didn't get teased since the age of what 12 or 13 of being so flat-chested i think uh one that made me smile as well was uh, julius squeezes <laughs> i missed that one i mean seriously i'm sure that they actually had 150 terms for boobs and then they just made up another 150 but kudos again to their dedication do you think this was like one person or was this like a brainstorming of the internet uh, it must have been a brainstorm because one person couldn't i mean if one person came up with all these uh Again, kudos, but I can't. I can't think they would. Or if they did, I would say that they were quite hungry. Because all I'll say is that there was a lot of food involved in a lot of them, and I'll just, uh, just, just uh, reference a few that I noted down. Uh, this was a... wait, 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 wait. Oh, go on. Wait, my next one is a kind of a food one. Okay, go on. My next one is sweater meat. What the fuck does that even? What? Oh, <laughs> I didn't see that one. I'm glad. I was just, 
I was very baffled. That was the last one I chose. Okay. So go, go on with your food one. So I was just uh, looking at some of the food ones. Gumdrops, eggplants, enchiladas, flapjacks, fried eggs, cupcakes, pears, pumpkins. If somebody called my breasts a pair of enchiladas, I would be like, I don't understand. But anyway, we, we can't leave a discussion about uh, breasts without just uh, saying wah-wahs, knockers, okay? Oh, I had a question. I, I was wondering if you would choose one from the list that I saw, it, but you didn't. Umlauts. Isn't that like your favorite, one of your favorite terms for German, uh, what's it called? Punctuation. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I can only picture them. Could it be it is, it is, but not for breasts, strangely. No. But it was kind of funny, though. I quite enjoyed headlights as well. I've used that. Yeah. All right. So, um, well, I think this has been... Um, informative and educational tv i've learned a lot about things not to call boobs yes sweater meat still confused by sweater meat no don't say that my ears my ears all right yeah so we hope you enjoyed uh that one do let us know your favorite terms for breasts we'd love to know and check out the 300 uh strong list here because there are some corkers in there corkers i say do let us know email us lesbians you write at gmail.com on the website comment lesbianswhowrite.com twitter us at lesbianswhowrite facebook us instagram me and if you love what we do and how can you not um, head on over to buy us coffee uh, to support um, the costs for this website and podcast join us next week when we will be discussing something fabulous Um, until then keep writing stay safe until next time Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.